pastors here at Creekside, so it is awesome having you with us. Uh, before we get started, um, I just uh, I love to hear stories about uh, lives being changed. And uh, so I, I, got this, uh, I got this email this week, and uh, it came from uh, one of the ladies here at Creekside, and I just want to share it with you, because uh, I think it's important for us to hear when lives become different. And I, I think you'll pick that up at the end of our time together today, because in order for your life to change, you have to do something about it. Uh, change just doesn't happen to you. You got to suck it up, put up and shut up, get her done, right? All right, so this is it. This is how I came to God. One day, I was talking to my grandson. Now, for those of you who think, oh, I'm too old to change, listen to this. Talking to my grandson, and I said something about God to him. His reply was, you can't talk to me about God. You don't even go to church. Out of the mouths of babes, huh? Right? So I started off and went to Creekside about a year ago this, past, this coming Mother's Day. I listened and I learned. Then I took the 101 class, which is our introduction to who Creekside is class, led by Pastor Terry. And he came to a point in the conversation and said, I don't need members to come and just be members. We want folks to to have a changed life. He awakened to me, she writes. I know that God has a plan for me and I want to live and I want my life uh, with God in my life. When my daughter gave me the yes packet, God entered my life and set me free. Amen, right? Yeah, you can clap to that. And she she finishes the uh, email, hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen. I mean, girl's ready to go. She's like 60-something, maybe 70. But she's ready to go. Because she said yes, Lord, and, and actually made some changes in her life and gave her life over to Christ. Now, I, think, I think sharing stories of life change is just extremely important, um, you know, in all that we do. And today, I, I hope that you get a glimpse of how your life can be different. Today, we have the opportunity to kick off our new series, Modern Family. Um, you're going to, uh, anyway, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, how many of you uh, got some questions? Okay. How many of you would use one of the following adjectives, I hate that word, it's hard to say, to describe your family? Okay, ready? Scattered. Anybody's family scattered? I say, y'all are in much better shape than the first service. They were a mess, all right? (laughs) Scattered, okay. Frantic. Yeah, see, I got some here, thank you. All right. Stressed out. Y'all are batting a thousand. I love this. Chaotic. And I love this one. Reactive. We react to things as opposed to proactive. Being proactive means you know what's coming. You are able to rea- uh, do whatever you need to do so you don't have to react to it. Reactive is, oh my gosh, it's Thursday. Right? Most of us, I think, live that way. Now, I get another question, different, different side of things. How many of you can honestly say, without lying, because if you lie in church, that's a whole other deal. How many of you can honestly say that you are living your family life or your own with a sense of purpose and intentionality? Cricket, cricket, right? Very few of us. I mean, there's, there's some, yeah, boom, we're dialed in, we know, blah, blah, blah. Then there are the rest of us, like me, you just live with ADD. 
right? Uh, ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today because we live crazy. I think it's one of those deals that, that, that living a chaotic life that just blah happens is like this rite of passage. The older you get, you know, you, it's just kind of, you know, structured. You have pretty good structure as a kid, and then you want to be free from that structure, and so you just do whatever the heck you want, right? Uh, Andy Dufresne, who is played by Tim Robbins in, in one of my favorite movies, The Shawshank Redemption, he says this. He says, get li- busy living or get busy dying. Right? Because we've we got to do one of the two. I think the problem is we want to live. We want to get busy living, but we're too busy living in order to live. Does that make sense? Things are just blah, jumbled up. I think, and I could be wrong, you might go at the end of the day, you might, he is just not even close to my family. But I tell you what, I probably had 20 people after the first service come up and go, dude, do you have like cameras in my house? Because what you're saying is us, you just didn't know it. And I'm like, well, because I'm just looking at my house and fully understand how screwed up you are, right? Yeah. I think we live unfocused. I mean, if you, if you work or have worked, your business place, your, your boss has got a focused strategic plan. You may not fully understand it, but you know what your role is in that deal. You have goals, you have aspirations, you have dreams. But with our families, we just fly by the seat of our pants, you know, we just kind of react to and take whatever comes. Our kids are in 47 different things, right? You know, we just react to it. So I have another question. If you were the president, CEO, or CFO, or whatever O you want to call it, right? You were the boss of a corporation called You Incorporated. You get that? Would you fire you? I mean, would you seriously think about firing you, laying you off? Paying yourself unemployment because you're not doing a good enough job to do what you need to do for you and your family? I mean, are you leading your family or are you just kind of clamoring along in the day-to-day minutia of life? Just a little stuff, just blah. Maybe you have personal family ADHD. And, and I'm serious. We were going to put a little deal. Modern family brought to you in uh, ADHD, but that would have been funny. Um, I mean, think about it. You run kids to sports, to school, to counselors, to piano lessons, birthday parties, to tutors. That's like on Thursday, right? Parents, we cook, clean, work, socialize, exercise, or not. You know, and just a ton of other things. At the end of the day, we're like, it's 9 o'clock. What happened? At the end of the month, we're like, did you all know that this is April? I mean, did you know that? Like a couple weeks ago, it's already Thanksgiving. I mean, if you look at the calendar, you're like, oh my gosh, 4th of July is like next week, and then it's Thanksgiving, then we got Christmas break, and then it's 2011, we're going to make New Year's resolutions that we never keep anyway. <laughs> That's the way our lives seem to go. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if any of you have a family kind of situation or things in your daily life that look anything like this. Check out our screen. Yeah, right? I mean, that's your life. You just may not stand on a chair and try to find, you know, I mean, that, but that's us. We typically go through life and we're just a mess. Uh, that clips from uh, the, the TV show in, entitled Modern Family, duh. Uh, it, just a lot of fun in it. That, that's you, whether you realize it or not. Stuff happens, we get distracted, we have no focus, we have ADD, we get sidetracked. I learned something in that clip that they do actually glue two pieces of, you know, wood around the lead. You know, it helps, right? It's good stuff. 
But today, uh, I hope that we understand a, a little bit about, you know, if you can just take one nugget from today, I hope you understand just a little bit better how to get some order back into your life. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, uh, take them. It's not going to do you any good, but you can take them and open them up. Because if you think, I'm serious, because if you think I talk fast, just hold on a second, because I've got to get through the entire book of Genesis in about 38 and a half seconds. At least the first chapter and four verses of number two. All right? Because you need to understand that God is a God of order. God set things up in a structured order for our life. But sometimes I think we forget about it. Okay? So, I'm just going to run through this, listen, look it up on your own, follow along. I had somebody try to do that first service, they're like, I didn't get that. Okay, I love you, it's okay, I have ADD. Here we go. Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Another translation says God was hovering over the chaos, the franticness of the sea. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Voila, day two. God said, let there be a space between them, let me separate them, I'll call the stuff up here to the heavens and sky, and that stuff down there, earth, boom, second day. Verses 9 through 13, day three, God separated the dry land from the waters, Okay? And he had uh, the land sprout all sorts of vegetation, and it began to grow and produce, and it was good. Day four. God created the sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons of the year, and separated the light and the darkness. Isn't that interesting? Day four, the sun got created. What was it before? I don't know. Okay, anyway, I'm just chasing rabbits again. Speaking of rabbits, did you know that there's one on campus? There's this, seriously, I got here this morning, there's this black and white bunny hopping around in the, in the courtyard. God is, I'm serious, I saw it, I took a picture because nobody believed me. All right, day five. God created the fish and all the animals and elements of the sea, all of them. The birds of every kind, all of them. He told them to reproduce and fill the sea and the skies. This is not the Big Bang Theory. God had a created order and purpose, right? Now day six, dude was busy. All right? He got a little extra busy. He created all the animals, all of them, from the bugs to the elephants, from cows to tigers and uh, everything, and he told them to reproduce and multiply. Then, in his free time, he decided to make us humans in the image of God and give us reign over all the fish and birds and animals. In his image, spirit, son, daughter, a creative ordered being. He created us, men and women. He gave us all the food we ever needed and designed some of us for the animals and us. And he made it in order and it was all good. Then he looked over what he made, saw it was good. And then that was day six. And then day seven, the dude rested. Okay. That's your creation story, but it's in order. We don't understand why the sun came day four. It would make sense to create it day one, right? But no, that was day four. Gosh, we ought to give him light. Boom, sun. God created things in a specific order. He created it in a format we can understand. He hovered over the chaos to bring order out of the chaos. I think in order to make our, our, our families work, our modern families, how many of you are part of a family? Yeah, if you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. That's all Because we're all part of a family, right? You got kids, grandkids, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, nephews, cousins, whatever, best friends that you think are family that are not family, but you call them family. We all have that. So we're all part of it, and it's all a messed up, jumbled mess at times. 
So in order to make it work, we need to bring some order. So this is, this is my hope today, is I can help you with that. Now, one of the, the this, is, this is a piece that, I've, I'll just be honest with you, I've not put this into practice yet in our lives, because we're just too busy. We've got too much stuff going on. But it's something that I think we can glean from, it's something my family and I were working towards, and it's, uh, I have stolen everything I'm telling you today, except for the first part, uh, out of this book called Three uh, Big Questions for the Fan- Frantic Family by uh, Patrick Lencioni. He's a guy that lives here in the East Bay, has written uh, about six different books for management, business, organizational structure, uh, just some great stuff, and he's applied those principles to family and I think today that you're going to take something away from it. So uh, go to the next slide. In your programs, uh, I've given you this, this right here. And we're gonna, I'm going to break this down for you. Now listen, uh, stay, stay with me. Because I asked the first service like 14 times. Does that make sense? And they're like, like deer in the headlights, right? So just hang in there. And I'm going to try to bring some order out of the chaos. We've had chaos already this morning, right? You've had chaos getting here this morning. You woke up at 10.30 and went, oh my gosh, we got 15 minutes. Get the kids up, shower, you know, eat breakfast, let's go. So here's the deal. We have to look at three or four different things. One thing, what makes our family unique? Number two, what's our top priority? And number three, how will we talk about and answer these questions? Now, flip it over. On the back side, I filled in the blanks for you. Okay. And this is just some examples so you can take away some stuff uh, to look at it. We have some things called a rally cry, defining objectives, standard objectives. And we're going to start at the bottom first with the standard objectives. All too often in our lives, we go through life not understanding our core values. If you work for an organization, any kind of company, they have a set of what? Core values. The things that they build their company's foundation on. We as families assume we have a set of core values because they're the unspoken core values that our great-grandparents had and we have that we really don't live by, but they sure sound good on paper. Right? You know, strong marriage, great family, time with the kids, whatever. We have to determine and decide individually, as individual families, what your standard objectives are. Okay? All that talking makes me thirsty. Core values is a family. Maybe it is faith. Maybe it is a value of strong marriage. Maybe it is a a value of strong financial stewardship. Maybe it is a value of exercise. (laughs) Um, Maybe it is a value of education. Maybe it is a value of close-knit family and health or whatever. The first step to bringing some order to your family, you have got to figure out what your family's about. If you don't know what you're about, you have no idea how to get to where you need to be. Does that make sense? So as you begin to think through this process, now I'll tell you this also. I will not get through everything and help you understand it 100% in the next 20 minutes. Go buy the books, like 10 bucks, Amazon, go. I'm not getting royalties, just go buy it. Great stuff. It'll help flesh it out more for you. But I think you can take just a slice away and apply it. Who are you as a family, what do you value? What are your non-negotiables, so to speak? What are those standardized things that your family is built on? You can flip it over, maybe make some notes in those boxes there at the bottom. That's why we gave those to you. 
But the first step in getting things in order and, and not being ADD like the clip is to figure out who you are as a family. Okay? Now let's pretend like you've got that. Oh, preacher man, we got it. I'm dialed in. We know exactly what we are as a family. Awesome. The next step to understanding and bringing some, some order to your lives is the first question, what makes your family unique? Your family is not the same as the family next door. We all don't look like each other, act like each other, think like each other, and thank you, Jesus, for that. We'd be a boring bunch of people, unless you're exactly like me, and then we'd have a lot of fun. But, see, it's, that's funny. Okay, anyway, you got to decide what makes your family unique. Maybe you have a blended family. Maybe you have aunts and uncles that live with you. Maybe you have grandparents that live in your house. Maybe you live next door to your family. And maybe whatever it is that makes you different than other families. What makes you more like In-N-Out? Y'all eating at In-N-Out, right? What do they sell at In-N-Out? Burgers, what else? Fries, what else? Shakes, that's it. And drinks, yeah, whatever, that's the arbitrary. But burgers, fries, and shakes, that's it, right? Y'all eat at Cheesecake Factory? What do they sell? Everything. The, bed, the first time I ever went there, uh, the dude handed me the book. And I go, what's this? That's our menu. I'm like, 35 pages. It took me 20 minutes to decide what I wanted to eat. They, they appeal to everybody. You, everybody can go to Cheesecake Factory and find something to eat. Vegans to, to whatever, to steak people. You can find it. They got it. Go to In-N-Out. You're you're going to a burger joint that sells fries. That's it. So what makes you, as a family, unique? What makes you like In-N-Out? What makes you like Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A sells chicken, shakes, and dessert. That's it. What makes you more like them? Distinctives. Think about it. Okay? Now let's pretend that was an hour it takes about an hour to do this, by the way. Let's pretend like that was just an hour. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, we, we know our core values. I got that. I get that. I know what makes us unique and distinctive as a family that sets us apart from the other crazy people down the street. I get it. The next thing is the rally cry. The rally cry is, what is the single most important thing your family needs to accomplish in the next two to six months? If, for example, you have a senior in high school, the single most important thing for your family over the next six months is to figure out a way to get that kid out of there and off to college. Right? Get out the house. We got to go. If you're retired, what's the, if you're approaching retirement, and we'll look at a couple of examples, what's the single most important thing? Maybe getting ready for retirement. You can only determine what's important for you because it's your family. We'll get some examples here in just a minute, in a, in a couple minutes. Over the next two to six months, because this is true, if you don't decide what the most important thing is, everything's important. Have you ever had a situation where, man, this is important, and then something happens and it becomes more important than the thing you thought was important, and then something else happens, it becomes more important than the other two things, and like three days later, you're like, what are we supposed to do? Oh my gosh, this became more important. And then you're a mess, and you're like, it's Thursday again, I have no idea what just happened on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It happens to our lives. 
It, we just, we're crazy. We are crazy with life. So what is the most important thing? For, for example, for us, okay? The most important thing for us over the next two to six months uh, is to get out of debt. And we're, we are working a, a deal called Dave Ramsey. We're going to have one of those classes this fall, and that's a whole other conversation. But it, it, it works at helping us stay focused with our finances to get out of debt. Now, I didn't realize I had a rally cry until I read this book. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. We know what we need to do. Now, how do we do it? Okay, so what's the most important thing over the next two to six months? Okay, let's pretend like that was 20 minutes. You got it. You know, okay, boom, this is what it is. Now, what do we do about it? What do we do about it becomes the defining objectives, the ways to accomplish the rally cry. These are the things that you have to do. Remember I said life change does not just happen to us. We have to do something about it. My dad always said, you know what, we're going to win the lottery. I'm like, what? How are we going to win the lottery? You don't even play the lottery. He's like, well, we're just, somebody's going to give me a ticket. It's just going to happen. That doesn't make any sense. You don't have good kids. Just by osmosis. By thinking about raising them right. They're going to turn out just as messed up as you are. But you've got to try to raise them better than the way you were raised. Right? We have to have some type of, of thing to do. Stuff just doesn't happen to us. So the defining objectives are the action steps that your family takes to accomplish the rally cry. Does that make sense? So you figured out who you are as a family by your core values, your standard objectives, those things that typically aren't going to change over the life of your, your family. Now they may be nuanced here and there. Second thing is, you've got to figure out what sets you apart as a family, what makes you all unique from them, and what makes you all different than these two, or these seven. I know some people that got like nine kids. That's unique. A little crazy, but it works for them. Then, what is the most important thing to do over the next two to six months that only your family can accomplish? Because if that's the case, everything gets crazy. Everything gets nuts. To take our video, for example, maybe their rally cry, the most important thing for two to six months, is to make sure that all of the kids' homework is done in an orderly and timely fashion. And we check up on them each week. Then Mama would have known that the kids had got stuff due on Friday when it's Friday morning. What is that deal? Now, just like everything else, just like everything else in our lives, y'all have come to either this church or some other church, or you've heard something on the radio, and you've got, oh my God, that is life-changing for me. That is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And like three days later, you're like, what did they say? I don't remember that. Because it was good then. Did you know that 80% of what you hear, you're going to forget in 72 hours? Some of you forgot like what I said 70 seconds ago. I don't I'm hungry. What's the dinner for tonight? You know, some of you are texting, hey, where are we going for lunch? You know what I mean? It's just, it's true. We just, bruh. But we got to really kind of begin to dial it in. And if we don't apply it, it just disappears. We can hear the greatest life-changing message, which I am sure I have spoken here before. 
And if you don't apply it or do something about it, it's just words going in one side of your head and out the other. And you're like, you know, that, you remember that talk that you did on? I'm like, no, not really, because I talked it. You should have remembered it. <laughs> so in order for us to, to put into practice a piece of what we're learning, it comes to the third piece. How will we talk about and use the answers to these questions? How are you going to use what you just spent an hour? Remember I said it takes about an hour, hour and 20. God forbid you take a little bit of time to figure out what you're doing. It takes about an hour and 20 minutes to get the deal dialed in. Then what are you going to do about it? How are you going to continue to check up on your progress for your rally cry? Well, how will we talk about and use the answers to these questions? See, the, we can spend the hour 20, and then ju- it'll, we'll just toss it on the table, and our table looks a little bit like this, right? They took a picture of my dining room table and made it to look just like this. So my table's longer, and I got more junk on it, right? Because um, we got old coffees, we got computers, we got books, we got, uh, you know, we got mail that's... Oh, look, there's the Bible. It's in here someplace. Oh, here's our cereal bowl. You know, we got a backpack full of clothes. If it looks anything like my table, uh, we fold clothes on the table because that's the biggest space we've got, and we just line it up. Okay, kids, come get your clothes. You know, you take them off, right? It's crazy. we got to get ourselves, and I'm speaking to you because you have lived that way, right? It's nuts. But if you don't put into practice the stuff, it's just going to get tossed right on the deal. This is the greatest thing ever. And you just walk away. <laughs> this is what happens. You forget it. That's just ignorant. So we've got to fix that, right? So, and this is, I'm going I'm to just, you've got to have a weekly meeting. That's the M word, right? We hate meetings. Hate going to meeting. You got to have a time whenever you sit down and have a conversation with your spouse or your kids or the family as a whole or the significant major players in this. Now, don't sit down with your five-year-old and ask them what their rally cry is. <laughs> I just want Play-Doh, you know, or whatever, right? Don't ask the seventeen-year-old what their rally cry is because that'll involve a car, right? You got to be adults. And you have to decide. Get a little bit of input and make them feel like they're talking to you and you're listening, but then just ignore them later, right? <laughs> My kids aren't in here, I can say that. But you, you got to decide what are our core values. How's our family unique? Get input from the family. Don't ask them what's the most important thing we do in the next two to six months. I need an iPad. I need a car. No, 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 no. Us as a family, what can we do? So, you have to have weekly meetings. Maybe you sit down at dinner. Now, I'm going to ask this. I didn't ask this first service. How many of you, uh, on a weekly basis, sit down as a family and eat a meal? Everybody just raise your hand. Okay, that's about 60%. You know, uh, our dinners growing up were whenever we got there and we had TV trays in front of the television. That was our family meal. You know, and it was, it was just crazy. It was, it was just nuts. So we have intentionally made a life change. I got this eight-foot-long table, and we sit down at two or three or four times a week, as often as we can, and have a meal together. And we look at the kids, how was your day? Good. <laughs> did you learn anything new today? Yep. Ask the young one, did you learn anything? No, nah, not really. <laughs> awesome, this has been a great talk, thanks. <laughs> you know, that's true, right? You do that. You look at your wife, how was your day? Fine. 
Actually, the wife will go, Bruh! and just give you all this word vomit, right? And the guy, she looks at you, so how was your day? Eh, it's fine. <laughs> had this stupid meeting I had to go to, <laughs> right? And that's just the way it is. So you've got to organize yourself and say, listen, we're going to sit down, we're going to have a conversation about this, we're going to take an hour and 20 minutes out of our crazy lives to get ourselves flipping organized and focused, Okay? We did that just a little bit yesterday. Here's my rabbit trail. Did that a little bit yesterday. I decided, a second rally cry, I have ADD, was that, we're, that part of our rally cry is, is to get out of debt. And one of the ways we can do that is I had weeds in my backyard like this and grass. No kidding. Check my Facebook. You'll see the pictures, right? So we took all day yesterday to get all them suckers out of there. And today we're going to go plant tomatoes onions, cilantro, stuff that we eat weekly, and I'm sick and tired of paying luckies for, right? I can bike it. I can grow it. So let's figure out a way to do that, okay? Whatever your rally cry is, you got to move on it and act on it and sit down around the table and check stuff out weekly on your little filled-in sheet there. Uh, There are three ways. Go ahead and go to the next slide, would you? There are three ways to decide how you're doing, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this. I didn't tell first service, so this is free for you. Uh, to heck with them. I'm going to send you all of this stuff in a PDF version, okay? so you See, look, it says from the table group, so it's all from the franticfamily.com. You can go check it all out, but you'll get all this stuff this next week, about Tuesday afternoon probably, okay? So here's an example. What makes our family unique? We're a hardworking family committed to traditional values, Okay? Our marriage, our kids, and now our grandkids are at the core of our existence. Obviously a retired couple, right? Or maybe, maybe they're not retired, but an older couple. So their rally cry is, between now and the end of the year, we will begin to prepare for retirement. How many of you would love to be prepared for retirement? I'm 37. I'm preparing today. Right? I praise Jesus when I have to get up and go, which golf course am I going to play at today? That's my decision I want to make daily, right? So the rally cry is you got to sell investment property. you got to work with a financial planner to establish an, a retirement budget. you got to determine a schedule that ensures you stay active. Sometimes retired people become lethargic and they get bored, right? Uh, dis- establish a, an exit strategy for work and deal with the emotional aspects of retirement. It makes sense, right? Those are the five things they got to do to get ready to retire. Now, right below that, you're going to see some nice little dots, green, red, and yellow, okay? On your little thingamajig here. Green is ahead of schedule. We're dialed in. We're finished with that. Voila. They've sold their investment property. They've hired a a planner, and they are dealing with the emotional aspects of retirement. They're done with those things. Voila. Great. The yellow is, we're on the right track, but we still got to do some work. So they're still working on an, uh, an exit strategy for work. Now, the red means we are, haven't even started it yet. We're way behind schedule. Whatever it is, it needs attention. They need to determine a schedule to ensure they stay active as they approach retirement. Now, what are their family values, their core values? Marriage? Ah, what's the a, what's a color under marriage? Yeah, this is all of us a little bit. We need to really work on it. We need to give it a little bit more attention maybe. Okay? Husbands, just ask your wives. We've got to work on, they've got to work on marriage, right? Extended family, they're kind of dealing with them. They're, you know, they're making us crazy, but we're working with them, right? Finances, they've dialed in. They're doing the Dave Ramsey stuff. They're debt-free. They're ready to move, right? Their health, maybe they need to figure out a way just a little bit better to stay more active. And their faith, they're, they're attending Creekside every Sunday like good Christian people should, right? 
See, like two of you got that. All right, then the third thing is, how are we going to do this? We're going to review our family clarity driving weekend or during weekend drives. How awesome does that sound? My guess is they're riding in the convertible up the coast, having a conversation about how they're going to make all this happen. Doesn't have to be around dinner, a meeting, da da da. They're spending time talking about their family values, the direction they're going. Second illustration is this, real quick. Uh, we are, uh, what's, what makes them unique? We're a, uh, an affectionate family that encourages emotional expression. This one's too touchy-feely for me, but it's an example, right? Uh, encourage emotional expression, honesty, and integrity are the foundation of our family, and we value humor, laughter, and silliness. Praise Jesus, right? You've got to laugh. Uh, we surround ourselves with friends and family that share a sense of mutual dependability and trust. Mom has a unique, uh, uh, flexible part-time job that allows for consistent participation in the kids' lives. Great, that's what sets them apart from their neighbors. Okay? Their standard objectives, their core values are fitness, school, savings, kids' activities, and marriage. Some of them need some work. One of them stinks. The other two are great. The rally cry is, we need more quality core four family time. We've got to figure out ways to spend more family time. Some of you, you may look at this rally cry and go, that's mine, I'm just going to copy it. We need to spend more family time. Okay? How do you do that? Plan a family vacation. Reduce social obligations. Let me teach you a very quick, nice, easy word. No! Can y'all come to dinner at our place? I'm sorry, can't tonight. We have a family time. What? Oh, can we? No. Sorry, can't do that. We tell our kids no all the time, right? Yeah, we do. But we say yes to everything else. Think on that one for a second. No. Sorry, I can't. Got date night with my wife. Cricket, cricket. I got a date now with my daughter. I got a date now with my son. I got a blah, blah, whatever. Say no. Okay? Then they got to finish the house remodel because remodeling your house sucks the life and energy out of you, so they got to make that done. They got to develop consistency in handling the discipline for their youngest daughter. Obviously, there's some issues there. So, in order to have better quality time, they got to quit getting onto her because they're driving her nuts. <laughs> and then they got to motivate the oldest daughter toward independence. She's getting ready to graduate. Get out the house. <laughs> we got to figure out a way to make that happen, right? So, I mean, just kind of begin to make a little bit of sense on you got to figure out who you are, what makes you unique, what's the most important thing to do in the next two to six months. If you don't figure that stuff out, and if you don't begin to kind of dial that in a little bit, you're going to be just shooting a shotgun and buckshot. Everything's important. we got to be all things to all people. Say yes to everything. And then in 10 years, whenever your kids graduate high school, they never call you. That may be a good thing. I don't know. But see what I'm saying? You've you got to begin to establish who you are as a family, where you're going, and figure out what's the most important thing for you to look at. Does that make sense? I hope so, because that's all I got. Isaiah 45, verse 18, first part of that says this. For the Lord is God. And he created the heavens and earth and put everything in its place. He organized it. He structured it. He created it. He made, and I love this, he made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. He created your family not so it's a frantic, chaotic mess. He created your family to be your family and to live with a little bit of structure and focus 
Because if not, everything's important. So what are some steps you can do today? Because some of you are going to go home, that was the best message I've ever heard. And then Thursday, you'll be like, all I have are these notes. What did he say? Act on it. Go buy the book. Amazon will give you next day shipping, right? Figure the deal out. Dial it in. Let me pray for you. God, my prayer today is that uh, at some level, someone heard something that may help make a difference in their life, God. Uh, to give them a little bit of focus, to give them a little bit of direction, to, to help them with the next steps in their life. So God, I pray today that as we've heard this, and it's kind of jumbled and scattered and a lot and not very much all at the same time, God, I just pray that you move in our lives and give us those core values. That God, you bless us and give us what makes us unique for our family. And what is the rally cry? Some of us can sit here right now this very second and think, I know exactly what the most important thing is over the next two to six months. God, let them start there, but let them start someplace. Father, thanks for your love. Thanks for your compassion and grace that you have freely given us. God, bless us today as we seek your face. Bring order and structure to our lives and help us to figure out a way to make our modern families work. God, we love you and thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you take your, your programs, just a couple things to, as you get ready to head out, uh, as you get ready to stay organized and focused on, on what you're going to be doing, um, we have some opportunities for you to serve here at Creekside. Now, don't say no to this, but I'm just kidding. That's kind of funny. Um, we got our car show next week. We're going to show a video on that here in just a minute. And, you know, it's April 24th, next Saturday. We've got a, bap- We've got a baptism coming up next Sunday. Uh, that's going to be super exciting. Um, and then, uh, also, we're going to redo our, our small group, our growth group structure for the summer. We're going to uh, call these uh, grilling and chilling growth groups. Uh, I think that's kind of funny. Um, and we're just going to get together uh, different groups of different people at different times uh, over the summer, like three times over the summer. Just get together, eat, hang out, do whatever. So there'll be more information coming on uh, that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, I mean, y'all rock. Just, just put into practice some of those little things. Um, think about what it is that, that you need to do differently in your lives. Um, here in just a couple of minutes, our, our ushers are going to come. And those of you who are committed to the ministry here at Creekside, it'll be your opportunity to, uh, uh, to write a check and to, to give back a portion of what God's given to you. If you're new with us, keep your money um, until like next week. Um, but drop, drop in your connection card, fill that out. We pray for people every week. If you're new with us, first or second timer, fill that out. We'll, we'll send you a little something to say thanks for chilling with us. And uh, look for an email from me uh, over the next week with all this stuff on it for you. So uh, God bless you. Thank you. Watch our screens and uh, figure out ways to get order in your family. An image flashed across my TV screen. Another broken heart comes into view I saw the pain and I turned my back Why can I do the things I want to? I am willing yet I'm so afraid You give me strength when I say I want to be your hands I want to be your feet
Everything I am And perfect 